Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our good friend, J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks. He joins the show. J.C., what's going on, my friends? Glad to see you made it back. Safe in Charlotte, and hope you also enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. What's going on, my man? Absolutely. Got a chance to uh, be in Charlotte, of course, and then uh, drove down to Helen, Georgia, and went tubing down the Chattahoochee to drown my sorrows about the game Saturday <laughs> night. But no, uh, what a tremendous day, though, other than the game in Charlotte. We had the Carolina Rise tailgate that was smashing success. Thanks to Mark Bryan from Hootie for coming by and playing. Thanks to Nana Sports. You, great food. All my friends that showed up, all the supporters of Carolina Rise, it meant a lot to me. A lot of people, Chris, uh, I ran into in Charlotte, actually recognized me for my segment on the show. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, so shout out to you too, my friend. I, I appreciate that and the opportunity for coming on. But uh, back and ready to go now. Uh, just a disappointing loss uh, all the way around. Uh, and, and then you start thinking about it. And, you know, Carolina did get dominated on both lines of scrimmage, I thought, for the most part defensive line played slightly better than the offensive line, but I don't know how much more, uh, yeah, you can't get much worse than nine sacks mm-hmm. and negative two rushing yards for an offensive line. Um, but a little bit better execution in the red zone in the second half. We may be talking about an epic comeback here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that that's the bottom line. South Carolina did have their chances. Uh, I think that this team has to get more clutch, Chris. I, I think that's a, if you want something overall outside of the, the obvious block better, play tougher, that kind of thing. You have to get more clutch. You know, you get up 14-10, you're not playing well, you're still up 14-10. I'm thinking you're going to the locker room with a halftime lead, relaxing, breathing a little bit, saying, all right, you know, let's go make some adjustments and get after it. Um, you know, you, you give up the big, long pass play for a touchdown. Then you do nothing with it. Then you get a beautiful onside kick to start the second half. Hot dogs notwithstanding, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of questioning the play calls. They're trying to run it uh, on that drive. I'd have just – I'd have gone right after their throat. But Amarian Brown, beautiful play call, beautiful setup. He's wide open, drops it. You can't drop that pass. Uh, and then all the times in the red zone where you, you sputtered three points three times inside the 20. Uh, and, man, it was only a 17-point game, you know. Uh, you, you literally should have scored three touchdowns there and won the game 35-31. You know, who knows if it would have gone that way, but I I, I really felt like uh, at the end it was a game of missed opportunities and stuff, and and whenever you lose, there there is a lot to clean up and things get magnified. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Personnel, you know, they they either need to get some guys a whole lot better or play some other guys. I mean, you know, like I said, 
uh, up front of the offensive line can't get much worse uh, if you if you go with freshmen or whatever. So a uh, lot to be done. But man, Chris, me and you've followed this program for a long time. We've seen a lot of bad performances by the probably not this bad, but bad performances by offensive lines before the opener. And by the time they play Clemson or whatever, at the end of the year, we don't even think about it. So uh, it, it history shows us it can get better. Uh, but uh, as critical and tough as September is, uh, it better get better quicker because you can't afford to get in a big hole for this season. Yeah, JC, sticking with the North Carolina game, and of course you hit on many great points. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with the uh, – the offensive line and Shane Beamer yesterday saying, get your shots in while you can, you know, give them their credit when they improve. Well, right now the reality is they give up nine sacks to a North Carolina front that, you know, are they improved? Sure. But I don't care if you're playing Georgia, nine sacks is just inexcusable. And then you mentioned the rushing yard total and then 16 tackles for loss for the Tar Heels. My question to you, JC, is this, where do the answers come from? Um, because, admittedly, and, you know, we, we, we try to stay as, as positive and optimistic as we can in the offseason and, you know, believe that the people pulling the strings behind the scenes know what they're doing. <clears throat> but to be transparent, you know, I had questions about the lack of Power 5 talent picked up in the portal on the offensive line. I, I just did. I just did. Um, and I thought you kind of saw that exposed against UNC. So, like, my question now to you, though, is, like, where do the answers come from? Is it as simple, like you mentioned, as roll the same five out there and just pray to God they get better? Or do we start to see, and I know Marquis Anderson's out right now, but do we start to see Big Tree Babalade and Trovon Bow and some of these freshmen that maybe they weren't really planning on utilizing step up? Because, you know, you now lose Case and Henry. You already didn't have Jalen Nichols. And it's not like there's just a slew of guys on the bench that have played a bunch of football and played at a high level. You know what I mean? So, like, I just don't know what the answers come from at this point. Well, I, I think the first thing is, you know, you know, and look, where they came from, I think we've seen a lot of players from lower levels come in here and play well. But offensive line, that's one of those things, you know, if if it matters, it matters at that spot, Chris, because you're, you're used to blocking 240-pound ends and 260-pound tackles at that level and, here comes a 260-pound monster that's a daggum linebacker, uh, you know, in the SEC. Uh, and, and Fugard did not play well, and Jackson Hughes did not play much better. And But ever, other people struggled as well. I thought Gargiulo played pretty well, but he's inside. Uh, and he's a big, tough guy and all that good stuff. Probably, probably would have gotten drafted out of Yale or at least gone to a camp and, and made some noise. Uh, you know, Vershawn Lee played pretty well, but not – Super. Ja'Kai Moore struggled early. Uh, here's what I think. I think you got to get Tyshawn Wanamaker back to being your right tackle because he was serviceable last year for almost the whole year at right tackle, right? So uh, he obviously was a lot better than what we saw Saturday night for a string of a lot of games. Um, I think that you got to start working big tree Babalade in at left. Uh, or, or or move Ja'Kai Moore back out there. Because, again, Ja'Kai has played left tackle probably pretty average at that spot, much better at guard. But, man, he wasn't as bad as we saw Saturday night. Um, you know, there's a reason Case and Henry, despite being, you know, having knee trouble and all that, being hurt most of the offseason, when he got back, almost immediately won that job. You know, and Case is still a guy with a bright future. And my heart, I'm sick for him and Mo Caba. 
But since we're talking O-line, I'm sick for Casey because he's a guy that could really help. Uh, so I think you need you got to start big tree and uh, maybe you look at Marquee out there. But I, I think Wanamaker's the guy just because he's done it before. And is he ideal? Does he have an ideal build for a tackle? No. Does he have – I mean, he's more of a guard, yes. But he's done it before. I think another thing maybe you look at is uh, move Gargiulo to center and uh, slide Vershawn Lee out. He's played tackle before. Uh, because it, it really was the tackles mostly that were egregiously bad. The interior guys didn't get much of a push from time to time. They were not good either. Turning guys loose, et cetera. But the tackles were the ones that, you know, Sidney Fugar, and I, I thought all offseason he wasn't quite ready. And then you hear, well, he's doing some good things. And then he gets up to the depth chart. I mean, he's huge. He's got a bright future. People forget this kid's got three more years. I mean, he's got two more years after this. Mm-hmm. But things like, uh, and we had Pat DeMarco on the show just now breaking down film. He said, you know, on the play, I said, this was a fourth down play or whatever where Spencer got sacked in the red zone or third down where they had to kick the field goal. Fugard dipped his head like this. You know, see, see how my head's going. And you get your eyes off the guy. That makes it so much easier for the defender just to shake you off and get around you. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I think – uh, I think sometimes in football, in college football, your younger players are your more talented ones, and they give you a better chance. So maybe that's what we see. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's move to more positive things, JC. I thought Spencer Rattler, all things considered, was fairly masterful. I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I was most encouraged, JC, that the yardage numbers are nice, the efficiency is great, but the fact that Spencer Rattler protected the football, he didn't really, I, I don't recall many scenarios where I felt like he put it in harm's way necessarily. Your thoughts on the way he played? I mean, again, I, I think that's a a good step in regards to we talked all offseason about him raising his floor 
And I mean, he certainly is far from the reason the Gamecocks lost that football game. So maybe he, maybe something he can build on from that UNC game and obviously hopefully carry into Furman and beyond when you get an SEC play. He did the best he could, uh, you know, and given the circumstances. And sometimes it's like that. I mean, you, you, you basically, I mean, you, you could say that really about two guys, Spencer and Xavier on offense, and that's it. Uh, unfortunately, I think everybody else had a very flawed performance and all of them could do a lot better. Uh, you know, Spencer probably like any quarterback, there, there's a couple plays here and there that he probably won't back. You know, well, I think Shane Beamer said one time, you know, he left the pocket too early and, and, and that was one of the sacks, but that's one time, <laughs> you know, he was 30 for 39 and, uh, really accurate. Like you said, uh, a guy, you know, not did not put the ball in harm's way. And look, man, you're back there running for your life. That That's why teams love to blitz and, and put pressure on quarterbacks because it makes them make mistakes. They'll throw it right to you. Uh, lesser quarterbacks will throw it right to you, not Spencer. And then that was good. I think he's continued. Uh, you know, sometimes we hear things about practice and it doesn't come to fruition in the games a lot, you know. But we heard Spencer was on fire all preseason. And he remained that way. And so – uh, I think they're going to need him. Uh, I just – I think he needs some help, though, especially in the protection department. Uh, you know, Trey Knox is a guy that is a more capable blocker than he showed the other night. Um, if not, you know, you need to play, uh, you know, in, in those situations where you need to max – you need to put another tight end in. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that as far as the quarterback situation goes, you know, Spencer played really well. And uh, they're going to need that out of him probably for the rest of this season, uh, to turn it around. JC, I did not have it on my bingo card, Luke Doty hauling in a catch this season before Nicholas Harbor. A lot of folks have questions. Where is Nick Harbor? And again, obviously we heard about, right, that the, the transition was real, right? The, you know, learning the nuances of the receiver position, what have you. But, I mean, when you've got Luke Doty, and all due respect to him, by the way, Peyton Mangrum, hauling in catches before a guy like Nick Harbour. Fans obviously raise their eyebrow and wonder, where is this prized five-star guy we picked up? What are your what are you hearing in regards to utilization for him? I, you know, I think he was on the field a little bit on Saturday night, but, you know, fans are asking questions. Just, you know, when, when an offense is somewhat struggling, it's like, True. okay, where is one of our best players or at least most athletically gifted players? Well, you know, is he same situation as Juice. I mean, and Juice got out there, and you know, I, I talk about being clutch. You know, this team in general is clutch. First drive of the game, uh, it was a cattywampus kind of play because the DB kind of got in front of it. He didn't tip it, but the ball was weird. Juice drops that pass. That's rare for him to drop anything. Uh, I think he just kind of got his vision blurred on it. He catches that. I don't care how much his foot hurts. Uh, you know, my, you know, my grandmother in a wheelchair in a race could have probably gotten to at least the five yard. There's nothing but green in front of him. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, but you know, he didn't finish the game. Same thing with Nick Harbor. Uh, Harbor had a shoulder injury, uh, that he suffered, I think second scrimmage. Uh, it was not early in fall camp. It was late. It was not as early as juices. Okay. So he's just missed time. He's not a hundred percent. Um, he's still learning and, and see for a guy like Harbor mi missing a practice is equal to a veteran like juice Wells missing three or four, you know, cause he's still learning the ins and outs. 
Uh, but even uh, Dowell Loggins earlier today said, yeah, we were missing Harbor. It's tough to do with, you know, something about, you know, we really missed him. Uh, and so I think there's still a plan to play him. I, I think that was like a lot of things health related. Uh, I did look, I, I'll say, I think Luke Doty looked pretty good at receiver. Uh, quite frankly. I mean, he looked a lot better than some receivers. Carolina has been forced to play in recent years. <laughs> uh, just to be honest, he looked quick. He has good hands. He, he, he's tough. He called the ball in traffic. He didn't look scared. Uh, Watch, watch out for that guy. I mean, I would not Luke Doty at receiver just yet. You know, they, the, the Muschamp staff may have actually been on to something. And if they didn't have just like one quarterback on the roster, I mean, maybe he would have done some things. But uh, he's a good football player and all that. And, and look, I, I, I'm a fan of Luke's and glad to see him get success wherever it is. But uh, I, I understand that. Like, where is Harbor? You kind of expect, well, this big 6'5 guy get him out in space, you know, you're having trouble, you know, sustaining get juices out. So why, why would you not play him? And it's, it's injury. It, it's just injuries make you behind. It's just like Marky Anderson right now. I would, based on like part Intel, part gut, part what Shane Beamer keeps saying over and over to the press, uh, I guess Mark, Mark, he'd probably be in the lineup this week uh, if he hadn't been injured and hurt and behind. Um, so it's just like that. I, I think uh, as the season goes on, you'll see hope. Hopefully, hopefully you'll see Nick Harbor more and more because uh, you need him to get out there, and make some plays, make himself feel good. You know, because you don't want him to do the freshman hell uh, situation. Most freshmen go through hell their first year, but when you're not playing, it's even worse. And that's the last thing you want to have happen to uh, Nick Harbor because he is going to be very, very good uh, in time. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll get out there. You know, you'd think this was a get right game this weekend. I don't know how much it's going to be, but you have to think he probably matches up pretty well against some of those uh, Furman DBs. No offense to them, but given his size, size and speed, with it being a home game, you know, maybe you could uh, you'll take advantage of. It. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste, and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off 
your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. JC, one of the biggest question marks we had all offseason was what is this offense going to look like under first-year OC Dowell Loggins? There's no real way to grade or analyze his play calling from that game, right? I mean, it just when your offensive line is that porous, I mean, do you really take anything away from what we saw schematically? Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, not really. Steve Spurrier, I mean, the Spurrier, early Spurrier era was always an adventure on the offensive line. First couple. <laughs> First six games, really. And then they tinker around with it. And he'd have to tell John Hunt to, you know, oh, start this guy. And sometimes it's a walk on or Justin Sorensen, the Canadian lumberjack, you know, gets inserted in. And oh, everything's fine all of a sudden. But uh, back then, his offenses looked just as, you know, I mean, really, Dowell's looked a little better <laughs> than some of the ones Spurrier had. And I don't think Spurrier had a game where he got sacked nine times. If I had a criticism, it's it's very nitpicky. It's after the onside's kick, you're not running the ball. I think you get that kind of momentum play to start the second half. You go for the juggler. You know, you go, you're you go, you've zipped down the field on two drives, primarily throwing the football, right? You go and you dial up your best ball play, whether that's the you know, where they did the rollout on one side, threw it back across to Xavier. That seemed to work and that protects your line. Stuff like that rather than trying to run plays in a row and then getting to the point where Amari and Brown has to make a clutch catch, which he did not. He dropped the ball to keep the drive going. Now, Amari should have never dropped the ball. That was a good play call, right? He was open. Should never drop that pass. But uh, so it's hard for me. I mean, there are a lot of things. First half, Chris, I sat there and thought, well, the actual play calls have kind of kept Carolina in this. You know, some some good creativity. Like I said, the roll to one side and throw back to another take to kind of use their aggressiveness against them. You know, maybe you sit there and you talk about a draw play. You know, I didn't see any draw plays. It, when a defense is that aggressive and where they're shooting their linebackers, can can Juju squirt up through there for a big game? Because once he gets past second level, it's it's green, it's wide open. Um, maybe not. You know, I mean, could you have involved the tight ends a little more? You know, in the passing game, there's all those questions. That, I mean, are fair, but man, oh man, I watched Nebraska-Minnesota on uh, Thursday night. Mm. Let's just say it didn't look anything like the Huskers' mighty uh, juggernaut of an attack there. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the play calling uh, was like, uh, you know, this guy looked like Andy Reid compared to what we saw for Nebraska and what we saw last year. So uh, it was just one of those nights where, Look, you get dominated on the line of scrimmage. I don't care who's dialing them up. It's going to be a long night. It's going to look bad. But uh, I think now the challenge for Dowell Loggins is, okay, you know what you got up there. You know it's a liability until it's not. How do you 
how do you scheme around it? Um, and, and I think you'll probably see Spencer get out of the pocket a little more, more rollouts, more you know bootlegs, more quick hitters, quick hitting RPOs, things like that moving forward. Um, you know, to, to maybe try to circumvent uh, the issue. Uh, you know, if, if there's a coaching issue, I had, uh, I think it's probably the running back room. Uh, I think that uh, I don't. I don't know why Mar- Mario Anderson Jr. and DJ Braswell weren't ready to play in this game. Uh, and this is nothing against to carry on. I thought to carry on played his butt off, but you know, you're looking for a spark in the run game. Uh, you've got a guy that's a 10 500 meter guy, or that's a freshman. Freshman should be able to play running back. Uh, early, and then you got a guy that averaged 7.6 yards per carry last year, albeit at a lower level, so he's like a freshman. Why aren't those guys better? And why aren't those guys ready to go in and give you another look? Why are you limited to two backs? And and, and I think we're starting to kind of – that story has a lot of chapters. I don't want to go all into it right now, but uh, <laughs> let's just say that uh, uh, there needs to be – you know, th- there needs to be more options, right, at running back than, than just Juju and to carry on. JC to the defensive side, you know, the unfortunate news, like you mentioned, of Mo Caba, and you just you hate it for that kid after recovering all offseason and you get back and and it's the other knee this time and, and what that means for his future. Who knows? We know he is out for the rest of this season. Um, you know, JC, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm nervous about the, the front seven. I'm nervous about the defensive front specifically. I think this team desperately needs to get Jatias Gear back because if he's not in the lineup, Listen, I, I like Jordan Strawn. Outside of that, you know, how many high-level pass rushers are there? And I, and I, and I like Tonkin Hemingway and Boogie Huntley as individual players, but, like, the fact of the matter is this. They were members of a group last year that gave up almost 200 yards per game rushing, and then you watch the North Carolina game. Drake Mays playing 7-0-7. I mean, UNC ran for about 170 yards, 4.3 yards per carry, but the more concerning part was Drake May just sitting back there all day under basically. I mean, he may have rolled out two or three times, but setting his feet, got to do something Spencer Rattler didn't do, set his feet and throw the football. Um, how concerned are you with the defensive front? I mean, is it, you know, we, we talked about the edge all offseason, defensive line all offseason. I'm not saying strides, improvements can't be made there, but now you lose Mo Caba again. I thought Debo Williams was a bright spot. Stone Blanton, kind of a mixed bag. Grayson Pup Howard needs to play and play immediately. They need Bam Martin Scott back from injury. But JC, I'm I'm just I'm nervous about the front seven, man, and specifically the, the defensive front. Look, I, I like Stone. Stone. All right. So two things about Stone first, because you mentioned him. First of all, Stone's improved a whole lot from last year, and he's quicker, faster, all that. Mm-hmm. Number two, though, I, I think every offensive coordinator would like to get their athletic tight ends matched up with a middle linebacker. And North Carolina did that really well. Uh, I'm out there looking. I'm like, man, Chip Lindsey did a good job. 88 on Stone Blanton. 88's going to win it most of the time, as is most as are most tight ends in this league, right? So, um, so that's I think he's better. The, the defensive line. Look, we had this discussion just at the end of Inside the Game Guys show today. Jay Bradford and Phil and I. It's time. It's time for them to start playing ball. I mean, you've got guys that have flashed like Tonka. And Tonka, he's he's a consistent dude. I mean, he's going to come around. Boogie Huntley is finally healthy. He needs to play like he's capable. Jordan Strawn, I know it's his first game back, but still, man, you expect more. I mean, he, he played much better getting to Sam Howell in the bowl game two years ago than he did the other night. 
And then, you know, you mentioned gear. I, I agree. And I also think Drew Tui Azama uh, needs to get out there. And, and you know, I think, I think they're going to turn him loose this weekend. Uh, if not, you need to move Tonka out to the edge and Elijah Davis out to the edge and play big out there. Uh, and, and then, you know, if you keep getting blocked on the interior, then maybe it's time to play Nick Barrett and TJ Sanders. You know, I mean, it, there are, are other guys. I thought Nick Barrett on the interior when he was in the other night played pretty well. I mean, because he's big, 6'2", 230, he plugs it up. Uh, but uh, too many bad angles and missed tackles, too, by the defense. I mean, they just didn't look pre- – I don't want to say they didn't look prepared, but uh, too many times, I think, the last two years, Chris – uh, we know what the what, what kind of first half the defense is going to have early, uh, and then it takes them. I don't know why they there's no not a lot of adjustments made until halftime. Well, then they adjust at halftime. They come back and tend to play pretty well. Now uh, it took them to the fourth quarter to get going against UNC, and then they played like the defense we expected. But yeah, you know, th- there's no excuse. Uh, to give up some of the third down plays to not affect the passer, to not have tackles for loss. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Clayton White take some more chances, uh, but I would really – I say that. I may be wrong, though. Maybe I need to go back and, and, and look at the film, and he did blitz more, and they just couldn't get home. Uh, but talking – you know, I talked to a veteran defensive coordinator last year about the South Carolina defense, and the, the one – he didn't have much criticism, but one thing, one of the things he had, I mean, he's, he's coached a long time was, you know, Clayton needs to take more chances. He's like, cause you need to get them stopped. And if they're going up and down the field, you know, they get about a 30 yard line, you need to get them stopped somehow. And so you got to try, you got to throw it out there, you know? And uh, so maybe, maybe, you know, and I understand you don't want Drake made to break along with one another, but maybe take more chances or whatnot. But look, it's time for this D line to play better. Uh, if not, look, Elijah Davis is a newcomer. Uh, T.J. Sanders hasn't played a whole lot. Nick Barrett hasn't played a whole lot. Put those guys out there, slide the other two to edge, and let's rock and roll because uh, that position, that unit as a whole, ends and interior, uh, should be a hell of a lot better than it is, and we've been sitting there talking about it for three years. And they're always just sort of like C plus, B plus. Mm-hmm. It's time to, time, to, time to grade an A because they're some of the freakiest, best athletes on the team. You know, your D-line always is in the SEC, so it's time for them to either play better or they need to play somebody else. JC, we turn our attention to the home opener for South Carolina. The Furman Paladins come to town, and as Shane Beamer warned, and he said it's not coach speak. I mean, this is not your typical quote-unquote cupcake weekend, if you will, where you can roll your helmet out there and win by 50 Furman is a top 10 FCS team, and they went into Clemson last year. And, you know, Clemson won that game by 23, but that was a ball game early. And Furman actually outgained the Clemson Tigers. And you look at this team led by Tyler Huff at the quarterback position. They got a fantastic running back and Dominic Roberto. Three of their five O-linemen returned this year with an All-American candidate in Pearson Toomey. Then defensively, they returned their top 11 tacklers. Uh, three starters up front, two at the linebacker position, an all-conference defensive back, 38 of 44 players from their 2D are back from last year. So, listen, I know it's a lower level, but this is not a game you can sleep on if you're South Carolina. Uh, Your thoughts on the matchup as a whole with Furman coming to town? Yeah, I mean, you think it'd be a a get-right game. It's not. Uh, This is a really good FCS team, a veteran team full of grown men. 
older guys. Uh, Furman used to be a national power in the eighties. Uh, they, they have a long tradition. They came to Columbia, beat the Gamecocks in 82. For those of you that remember the Richard Bell era that lasted one year, uh, ironically, they built their program, um, with, uh, three, I think three South Carolina grads, Art Baker, Dick Sheridan, and Jimmy Satterfield, all Gamecocks. None of those guys ever got the Carolina job, right? Uh, crazy how that happens. But uh, And then Bobby Johnson, of course, who's a Clemson grad, uh, won big there as well when Billy Napier was his quarterback. But they, they, they fell in some hard times. But Clay Hendricks, their coach, tons of respect for this guy. He's kind of a, he was at Air Force for a while under uh, Troy Calhoun. But he's got – you know, he's a, he's Mr. Paladin. He played there. He's a good player there. He knows what it's all about. He's sort of waking up the echoes, so to speak. And of course – App State not being in that league anymore helps. Walford not having Mike Ayers anymore helps. Uh, Furman kind of rise back up, but they've done a tre- tremendous job. Uh, and they're not coming to town to lose the game. You know, they're coming to town thinking they could win. The Gamecocks are vulnerable. They force turnovers. They have great special teams. Uh, you know, they have speed. I mean, look, we're living in a world where Duke just beat Clemson by 21 points. All right. Any, anything can happen. Uh, I, I think South Carolina has to play better. I, I don't think the Gamecocks can line up and, you know, play Swiss cheese offensive line. I, I think Furman, what they'll probably do is, you know, they have nothing to lose, Chris. They'll just send pressure every single time. Shoot gaps, send pressure. Hey, block us. And uh, that may lead to a long night, you know, if Rattler can't get the ball off. Of course, it could lead to a lot of long gains if he does. Uh, so that, that's what happens when you gamble. I, but I expect them to gamble. I think their offense is good enough to give the Gamecocks fits at the skill spots. I think they run a good system. Uh, so, you know, I, I think South Carolina fans need to show up at the ballpark uh, Saturday night. Uh, intent on making things difficult for Furman. Because, you know, Clemson game, as the exception last year, maybe – how great was that environment there last year? I don't know. Who knows? But uh, there needs to be a typical Williams-Brice environment for the home opener Saturday night to, you know, get these guys kind of off because I'm I'm sure they're going to come in as a confident team uh, thinking that uh, 1982 could repeat itself. And something else, JC, to keep in mind, I mean, South Carolina could be without their – best players respectively on each side of the ball with Juice Wells, I think still kind of dealing with some lingering foot issues. I mean, I, I know Shane, you know, I, JC, this is a side note. I don't know what it means when Shane Beamer says, well, he tells me he's playing. Well, what do you say? Like, what does the doc, like, what does the doctor say? I don't care what he says, right? That's a complete, just, we don't have to go into that, but you could. Well, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll say this uh, on Beamer. Okay. I want to give him credit. He had an NFL-style injury report for everybody this week. Did you guys notice that? I I didn't see that. At the beginning, he went through, and he said, all right, this guy's questionable. This guy's probable. This guy's out. This guy – and he he listed them all, and I think the media just missed it because later on he got a question. Oh, is this guy going to (laughs) play? You know, uh, I believe I said he is uh, 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 questionable or doubtful. Yeah, he's doubtful. So you know, he did give us that this week. The thing is, Juice what Juice wasn't on it. He wasn't on the list, you know, at all. No status. So um, I don't know, but yeah, you know, if you're Nick and Warrior on one side, Juice on the other, 
those are two talented guys. Now, I love Jalen Kilgore, and I think he played his butt off and played well uh, against North Carolina. Uh, and, you know, you got Xavier and some other playmakers at receiver. But, yeah, man, you need those guys. You especially need them the next week. Mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully he does play. That, that's that, you know, if they don't, that's a, another reason to kind of, I don't, I don't think you should ever fear this game, but be concerned about this game because, you know, Furman is at full strength and they're going to come in and want to take advantage of uh, your youth and your weakness. So we'll see what happens. And that, and that leads me to JC. Finally, your your thoughts on this game because this is a game where the focus should be South Carolina and and what they do. And if they play to the best of their abilities, it's not really going to matter what Furman does. Again, it's I, I think Gamecock Nation is giving all all the respect in the world to Furman. I know I am. I think they're a really high quality team. With that being said, though. South Carolina should be able to take care of business. What do you most want to see from the Gamecocks in this one specifically? We all hear the old cliche, right? A team's most improvement is from week one to week two. What are you most looking forward to in the game? And if you want to lock in a score, I mean, how do you how do you see this one yeah. playing out Saturday night at Willie B? I think there'll be some anxious moments. I Look, as bad as the O-line played and as frustrated as I think we all are about the D-line, South Carolina should control the line of scrimmage against this one. Furman's not a very gigantic – they're not a gigantically huge team. I I think they're fast, they're athletic, but they're not uh, – like like I mentioned Duke the other – I mean, Duke, their team speed on defense. I don't know. I, I guess they just, like, at the end of the Cutcliffe era up there decided we're not going to recruit size, just speed on defense from now on and see what happens because they were terrible. Now they're pretty good. Uh so, you know, South Carolina's got an athletic advantage. Uh, I think they need to go out there, uh, dominate both lines of scrimmage, try to establish a run game and uh, scratch that out a little bit and then get Rattler going and, and, and big play him to death. I think the, the way you keep an upset from happening uh, is you put your foot on the gas early and you, you get them kind of demoralized. And then, you know, second half, if you're up enough, both teams are kind of empty in their bench because – you know, they got the SOCON to worry about and you got the SEC to worry about. But if it's tight at halftime, if it's nip and tuck and Carolina's turning it over, I mean, one good thing about Saturday, they didn't turn it over. But if, but if you if you turn it over against these guys and you can't block them on offense and it gets ugly like that, it could be a long night, one of those uh, either historic losses or a game like Louisiana Tech a few years ago during the Muschamp era where – you know, again, you were coming off a disappointing loss in front of a big crowd in a night game, and uh, you needed some heroics from Jake and Brian Edwards to pull it, and uh, Parker White to pull it out at the end. That's that'd be embarrassing, right? If you only beat Furman by one, so can't uh, can't have that happen. But uh, you know, you, you don't want to get in that situation if you're the Gamecocks. Uh, there's no reason for that to happen. Uh, but uh, this is not of all the the non-conference, non-Power 5 teams Beamer's faces. He's been here. This this team's probably – I don't want to say they're as good as that East Carolina team in, in 2021, uh, but they're much better than Eastern Illinois. Uh, I think in some ways they're are older and, and, and play, I guess, a, a better a better brand of football brand of, brand of football than maybe Georgia State would have in the opener last year. I think they're certainly better than Charlotte and SC State last season too. 
So uh, it's it, it should be a get-right game, but on paper right now it's not. It's one you're going to have to really show up and, and play well uh, to get the desired outcome. So I, I think Carolina will win 30 uh, – I said 34-21. Let's, let's go ahead and give them 38-21. Um, it won't be a score. Everybody looks at like Charlotte and SC State last year goes, yeah, half a hundred, whatever. Uh, but there'll be some getting right. And then I like, look, I, uh, I know that, that this show is not a member of the Mike Bobo fan club. Did, did you see Georgia's rea- Georgia fans reacting to him and, and the, the game? I mean, Georgia's not, all is not beautiful in dog land either right now. So uh, I think you just try to get better. And then you go to Athens and shoot your shot and, you know, all that go from there. But uh, this is an opportunity for the Gamecocks to to get better, provided they play, you know, up to their potential and, and fix some of the leakiness and things of that nature. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks joins us every week. J.C., appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and looking forward to chatting with you guys tomorrow morning. Awesome, Chris. Looking forward to having you on, man. And uh, let's uh, see what happens this weekend. And certainly always enjoy it. Absolutely, man. Same here. Appreciate you.